And welcome back in Stripe Show Podcast. Another edition as we move it on into the week of Thanksgiving as I get back to the state of Florida. Busy stretch out in Arizona, as uh, many of you know. If you follow me, Instagram at Travis Fulton Golf, Twitter at Travis Fulton. We're working on that to smooth that all out. But um, yeah, out in Arizona, PXG College Showcase. Uh, we'll probably get to that a little bit today. And uh, today's show, really cool show coming at you in December. I can't wait for everyone to see it. It's going to be December 16th on Golf Channel at 7 p.m. Eastern. Set your dial, set your watch, set whatever it is that uh, keeps you in the moment so you can pay attention. A little golf. That's going to be a big week, actually. Wednesday night called Showcase. And then the PNC father-son right after that. Tiger Woods, Charlie Woods are going to be teaming up in that event. So that's going to be a great week of golf. But we've got some golf to talk about here uh, this past week up in Sea Island. And to uh, help us break it down, I uh, bring back one of our regular guests, Froggy. How you doing, Froggy? I'm doing good, Travis. Good to uh, be, be back on the uh, Stripe Show podcast. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming back. Give us an update. I know um, you had another surgery, right? Another brain surgery with the aneurysm. <laughs> it's been let, a, us, uh, let us know how you're doing. It has been a, uh, a journey, to put it uh, nicely. Um, I had a, another open brain surgery on October 12th. Mm-hmm. I am doing well. The uh, clipping of the aneurysm was successful. The doctor was very happy with how things went. Uh, the recovery has been a little tougher than I anticipated. But as my wife and the doctor keep reminding me, you had open brain surgery six weeks ago. It's supposed to be tough. He said, I had your brain in about four pieces on a table. Okay. It's mm. not supposed to feel good right away. So sometimes the patient has to be patient. And that's been the case. I did try to play golf one time and I used the word try very, very heavily because it was ugly. Not that I was mm. great before, but whew, it goes downhill really fast if you don't play a lot. <laughs> well, you got to be patient with that, Froggy. Yeah, no, you know? no, my balance is off. My uh, A lot of the work that was done uh, was on the right side behind my eye. And so the incision went all the way down to my ear. And they had done a lot of work there. And my inner ear on my right side is swollen. And so it's affected my equilibrium. So when I go to back to swing to wind up and I get that thoracic extension in my spine, I my equilibrium wants to carry over way over to my left side. Like, you know, it's like, wait a second, we're too far. We got to get way back left. So I almost want to fall over. So I know that mm-hmm. that will change over time. Uh, it's just going to take time. Well, you sound great. And yeah. um I'm going to come on over to your house here and uh, take some money off of you on that new putting green you've got set up. Oh, man. Sinlon Jacks did a great job on my putting green. It's so much fun. We're having a really good time on it. My son's out there every day uh, chipping and putting. And uh, we've we've made a little nine-hole course on there. I mean, there's only four holes, but we've made nine different locations to putt from and who can get the lowest score. Uh, so far, yours truly has the lowest score at five under, but uh, that's neither <laughs> here nor there. Those are fun because your putting's going to get better. Your chipping's going to get better, oh, right. and of course, you can go out there and um, and get some reps in as you get your equilibrium back. And yeah. then, when when you're feeling good, we'll uh, we'll take a look at the swing. I, I, yeah, my chipping can't get worse. There is that. <laughs> I think my wife chips better than I do, and she doesn't play golf. We'll say that. Well, you know who can chip is this Robert Streb. Oh, just won at the RSM Classic. Let me just throw this at you, Froggy. Guy comes in, rolls into Sea Island. He's won there before. Right. Back in 2014, it was called the McGladry Classic. You know, not exactly showing great form. I think he's made like five cuts 
yeah. um, the entire year uh, in 2020. His stats, strokes gain off the tee, 110th approach, 232, right? That's a big stat. Strokes gain approach, you know, when you're handicapping these things. He's 232nd. Right. Around the green, 158th. Gets you can't chip that well. Putting, he's 34th. Robert Streb can, he can putt. Two things Robert Streb can do. He can hit the sling and draw. And he can putt, right? And he's a grinder. Yes. Strokes gain, T to green, 200. I mean, here's a guy. This is how this wraparound season has been going. Stuart Sink wins. Brian Gay wins. And now here comes Robert Streb. Did you watch any of it? I did. I watched some of it because... I was uh, sentimentally, and because, as you know, I'm a huge Gator fan, I was hoping Camilo Villegas would uh, have a good week. And he did. He did have a good week. I think he, he's top six. But I did. I, I watched some of it. And I'm also one of those guys that, if there's golf on TV, I mean, I watched some of the Joe Berg that was on uh, overseas. I, I love to watch golf on television. I like to study their swings. And, I mean, I enjoy it. But um, was I as plugged in as I was the Masters? No. But I did watch some of it. Yeah, it's interesting, right? You know, I, I, there's a kind of a back and forth from time to time on Twitter on, you know, are these events great for the PGA Tour? Do they, do they take away from the quality of the PGA Tour? And I, I kind of sit back and I think to myself a little bit, you know, because they're not the best fields. Although this particular field was probably better this year than years past. Right. A lot of the Europeans stayed back um, for one more week, Fleetwood, Rose. Um, but you know, do they take away? Does the RSM, does the Mayakoba, these weaker fields take away from the quality of the PGA Tour? And I got to thinking, you know, as a fan, right? I'm in the media. I have to remove myself. Like, as a fan of golf, as a fan of the NFL, my wife says, you could sit down and watch any NFL game. It doesn't matter who's playing, and you watch it with incredible focus and intent. Yeah, I'll watch the right? Jets play the Jaguars. I don't care. Yeah. And I was like, you know, that's a good point, right? Like, the Jets, 0-10. The Jags are 1-9. If they played and they were the only game in town, I'd watch it. Absolutely. I'd watch it. I'd bet on it. And I would be sweating to the end right. to cover or whatever the case may be, right? And the question is... Is that the same with golf? What do you think? Well, I'll do the same with college. Like on a Tuesday night, you'll still get like, you know, Miami of Ohio playing Central Michigan. I'm not as, you know, into it as I am, a you know, a Gator game, but I still watch it. And it's the same with golf. My only issue is this. I don't think it's fair that the FedEx Cup points and the world ranking points are the same for a, let's say, RSM as they are for the Farmers Insurance Open. I don't think that should be the same. I think there should be a difference that a guy like Robert Streb, congratulations, he won the RSM Classic, but that's not as difficult to win as, let's say, the players or, you know, the even the, even the waste management. You know, the, those tournaments, they have stronger fields, but I do like that golf. It's funny, my wife always says, uh, when the FedEx Cup ended, I said, well, this is the last event of the season. And then the next week, there was a, a, a tournament. She's like, I thought the season ended. I'm like, it did. It just starts over. So I enjoy the fact that we always have golf. I know we've got this week off, and then we've got the Mayakoba, and then there's some time off, and then we get the shootout. We get the PNC father-son and college event that you hosted out in uh, Arizona. but And then we start back up again really full swing when we get into uh, Hawaii. 
But I like having golf all the time. I just don't love the point system being exactly the same. A reward is the same for winning the RSM as it is a larger. I tend to agree with that. See, I, I find myself, I think I would appreciate just a little bit of an off season, you know, because on one hand, yes, I would watch the Jets and the Jags, right? But on the other hand, I know after the Super Bowl, I'm going to have four months off, right? So it's like, but I know there's so an off season. It's so boring. Like, it's like, I, I count the months. Like, it's nice that we have golf. I, I mean, I look at the off season as like right now, like we're not going to have a, an, an event this week. We get some some d- decent events. You're not going to have Tiger City Hero event that we usually get the first week of December. There's none of that. The P, let's be honest, the PNC Father Son Challenge is never a really big deal as much as it is now. When we've got Tiger and Charlie playing in it, so there is a little bit of an off season, and then we really kick back up into high gear once we get into Hawaii back in January. Yeah, I, I like these, you know, I like the skins game, PNC, yeah. this called showcase, I think will be very cool for people to watch. Like, I like the the little one-offs that are unique and different. Um, I, I just think that as I really sit back and think about it, like when the FedEx Cup ends, right, mm-hmm. and we, we, you know, we build up, there's so much great golf and the best players, and then, you know, we, we build up, 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 and it's like we celebrate. It's over. Right. The confetti. But then the next week we start a whole new season. I just, I just, I, I feel like I want to take a step back and like breathe a little bit yeah. and just kind of get myself back to the middle and then, and then want to watch golf and, and start these things back up again. So yeah, you know, it's um the tour is so healthy, right? You have 50 events this year and they've got sponsorships and part of their initiative is to, create opportunities for their members and so you could debate this back and forth i think for me as i as i as i sit back i just i'd like to have just a little bit of an off season and then have a couple of these one-offs and things like that right. that we're, we're going to be traded to here in december um and then fire it back up again you know in january and it's been a while since we've talked you watch the masters i know but just in general as you've kind of watch golf unfold who who's um who's who stood out for you this year oh absolutely beyond the shadow of a doubt dustin johnson i mean i don't feel like there's anybody else in the world that makes golf look easier and less stressful than dustin johnson and i don't mean that in a in a in a slight or in a knock or disrespect in any way shape or form to dj i respect how good he is i understand he works hard I love the attitude. You know, some people wish he had a little more fire and whatnot, but I think that his attitude of being able to to a, a good shot, he doesn't get any higher than he does when he hits a bad shot that he gets low. I mean, it's I I appreciate the way he plays the game, and he really peaked at the right time. He peaked during the the playoffs to, to the FedEx Cup. He won that. Then he did have the COVID. Um, uh, virus where he was not able to play the Zozo and he didn't play uh, another event. And then he, boom, picked it up and he finished second the week before the Masters. And then he won the Masters and he won it run, running away. And I, I don't I don't buy into the, oh, we have to put an asterisk by it because it was a different time of year and this all this other stuff. No, Dustin Johnson played the best golf, proved he was the number one player in the world at the end of the year more than anybody else. I 100% agree. 
He made me some money oh, on my win ticket. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> he made me some money on his win ticket. You know, just to kind of give you a comparison, Robert Streb missed eight of 10 cuts coming into this event. How do you think DJ's last 10 events look coming in to the Masters? You know, I don't know for <laughs> sure, but I do know, let's see, he won the Masters. He was second at the uh, event before. Houston. Houston. Then he, he won the FedEx. He lost in a playoff with John Rahm when John Rahm made the circus putt. Um, he he won the event where he was 30 under. I mean, he was like top – he won or was top two or in the top five in his last eight or nine events, correct? Yeah, so I have it right yeah. here. Um, it's crazy. So you have – I mean, first off, you have four wins right. since, since the end of June. So – and remember, uh, he was first struggling. Remember that. Remember earlier in the year when, then like June, everybody yeah. like, "Oh, what's wrong with DJ?" Well, I I actually called his coach Alan Terrell. That's really his main coach. Right. Although Claude's out there with him, and then Claude coaches him too. But you look at his dominance in the FedEx Cup, right? First off, he was second in the PGA. Colin outplayed him. Right. Um, he shot sixty nine the final day, and Colin I think shot what sixty six. Uh, then he goes first at the Northern Trust, second at the BMW after losing to John Rahm in that 100-foot putt or whatever it was. You know, he, he wins technically the Tour Championship, sixth at the U.S. Open, second at Houston, first at the Masters. I mean, it's just... Right. His worst tournament just was kind of gives you... <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that kind of goes back to my point. You think about it, right? You look, you, I, I just rattle off second, first, second, first, sixth, second, first. Dustin Johnson, you know, that kind of, those caliber events, and then... RSM classic dude misses eight out of 10 cuts and comes up and win. And that's the beauty of golf. I get it. It's interesting. I kind of go back and forth on, are those things, you know, really needed right. in, in the PGA tour at the end of the day, but the money's there, they're healthy right. and they want to sponsor. So off they go. Davis love, you know, it's a beautiful place, sea Island and off you go. So Dustin. Yeah. I, I think, you know, Dustin for me, I mean, he's my man. I mean, I, I've, I'm, the huge Dustin Johnson fan. There's no one that I enjoy watching play golf more than him when he's on. It's just all about focus. He makes it look so easy. It looks effortless. Yeah. It And in a completely different way, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Freddie Couples back in the day. Freddie always looked like he was never swinging hard. Ernie Els doesn't look like it's really hard. It just looks effortless and effortless power is the easiest power to make happen over and over again. And that's why DJ is so good. And right now he truly, he's not just number one in the world by numbers. He is playing the best golf in the world of anybody else. And it's not even close. I think another name I'll throw out there that has kind of surprised me um, this year. And I've been really impressed and he played at the university of Texas and he wasn't even the number one man most of the time. And that's Scotty Scheffler, the rookie of the year. You know, he was 19th at the master's. I mean, just some some incredible golf. I mean, really, you, you look at him back in the heart of the summer, fifth at the Tour Championship, 20th at the BMW, fourth at the Northern Trust. He was fourth at the PGA. Um, just really consistent golf, um, really consistent golf. Yep. This is a guy, too, Froggy, that, you know, you can think, well, he doesn't have any weaknesses. He's a great player, and, and he is, and, and, you know, great is a is a relative term in comparison to what right and off the tee scotty's great his approach game can get a little inconsistent at times and his putting can get a little inconsistent at times and i think if he continues to sharpen just a little bit his approach game and his putting the way he can gobble you up off the tee 
uh, Scotty Scheffler is going to be is going to be a major player um, in the game of golf. So I, I thought Scheffler was really impressive. And I got to be honest, the consistency of Matthew Wolf this year. I don't want to say I'm surprised, but I'm a little surprised. Yeah. Like he 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 just kind of he was there. You know, he he missed the cut at the Masters. I know I didn't play. Yeah, well, the second but he round was really there. got him. He was he was up there near the top at the end of the first round, and then uh, he did not play well in the second round. But he has been what his first two majors. He was top five, correct? Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. He was. Uh, I'm just pulling it up now. But I, I I you know Wolf. I can remember talking like early in the year. Um, cause you know, I, I think when all this started with the Taylor made, right. Like he kind of popped off the screen with his driver. Like he struggled a little bit around the greens with the Taylor made relief. Remember yep. that when he played yep. and he was like, bomb in his right. Driver. If you remember, like they had was, a long drive contest. He outdrove DJ and Rory on both holes. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, like I knew he was long, but like, that's, that's long. So right. Here he comes, you know, he comes out second at Rocket Mortgage. You know, he goes 12th at the 3M, 4th at the PGA. And we're like, okay, oh, wow, 4th at the PGA. And he lost two strokes putting that week. Right. That just shows you how good he hit it. Um, you know, and then he gets into the to the playoffs, and, you know, he's 16th at the BMW. Then he goes second at the U.S. Open, and that's the one that was yep. like, whoa. And he was in the final group. Know, I, and let's yeah. be honest, Bryson just overpowered that place. Yeah. Then he goes second at the Shriners. I and mean, it's like, okay. You know, like, and then he, I don't know, fatigue perhaps settled in. He he didn't play good. You know, the last three events, he kind of lost his driver all of a sudden. Um, maybe a little bit of fatigue. And, you know, it's hard right. to week in and week out when you're asked to play golf 12 months out of the year, like these guys are from time to time. But, you know, he kind of, he kind of jumped out at me. I, I think Wolf and Scheffler were two young guys and, and you know, Morikawa wins the PG. I get right. it. I tell you, but, somebody um, else. I'm those are two guys with. that jumped out. Yeah, and somebody I've seen you uh, talk a lot about is uh, M. Sun J M. Yeah, I know he didn't play that well this week at the RSM, but it could be some hangover from the Masters. He was right there um, at the Masters, if you remember, uh, when DJ got on the sixth hole. That four shot lead was down to one, and Sun J M was there, um, and he didn't exactly go backwards as much as DJ just went on a birdie spree and and, and pulled away with it. But his swing is very sound. His play has been impressive, and he's had a really good year. I think he's going to be somebody that will be hanging around, playing some good golf for some for some time to come. Yeah, you're preaching in the choir on Sungjae. He, uh, you know, I, I I I thought when all of these guys came out, this young clan, I thought Sungjae was probably the best early. Um, COVID hurt him. Yes. He was playing great golf. He won the Honda third at Arnold Palmer. Remember how too, how difficult those two courses were yeah, playing? Yeah, windy as hell, both of those golf courses. And he's just, I mean, and he's just putting on a stripe show, like, in both places. Yep. But even way before that, I was very impressed with Sungjae. You, you go back into 2019, you'll see a lot of consistent play. And he just couldn't get it together when they came back, though. And um, he struggled. Took a week off. I was I kind of made a joke there on one of my gambling shows. I was like, Sunjai is playing so bad, even he took a week off. And Sunjai M doesn't take weeks no. off. And if there's 50 events to be played, trust me, he's playing all 50. Right. But it was a matter of time before he pieced it back together. And I'll tell you, it's it happened at the Masters because he didn't play good at Houston. Um, he didn't play good at Zozo. He didn't play good at CJ Cup. 
And then here he is second at the Masters. And um, so he, he got it together just in time. And that was a big finish for him. And he looked poised. You know, he looked, um, you know, he, he's got he's got the entire game. When his rookie year, Froggy, he had no weaknesses. No. When he was a rookie of the year, he had no weaknesses. His stats were ridiculous good. Yeah. So anyway, you know, there's there's a lot of guys we could talk about. Well, there is one other guy I do want to ask you about real quick before. And okay. before I want to get some details on your uh, college golf showcase event that you just uh, traveled out to Arizona for, but everybody made such a big deal going into the masters that, I mean, some people had it as just a foregone conclusion that Bryson was just going to blow the place away. We saw the article, uh, I believe it was in golf digest. That was how he was hitting, you know, eight irons into par fives and he had just destroyed the place. And and it was like, it was a done deal. They were just going to give him the jacket before we even teed off on Thursday. And then he started on Thursday, and he lost the ball in the bushes. And the next day, he lost the ball on number three with, with the drive. And then on Sunday, he, he gets beaten by the oldest man to make the cut, Bernard Lunger. <laughs> what do you make of the distance games with Bryson? Is it going to be something where we have a U.S. Open week where he destroys the place? And, and we're going to yeah. have weeks like the Masters where it just doesn't come together? Is that what we're going to see with Bryson moving forward? Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting-edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs, use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. I mean, I, I think so. I think um, you're always going to have the weeks where it all comes together. When you're hitting that far, um, yeah, you can. You're you're capable of having dominance at a golf course like a Wingfoot, and where you blow the field away, right, right at the U.S. Open. Um, but I also think we are dealing with a young man that you know I think, as smart as he is, still has some emotion, emotional issues right when things don't go his way how does he piece it back together and i think that's a a legit question for bryson as much as he likes to make things an equation and a plus b equals c um when they don't add up right can you emotionally move past that and and be mature and grind and those things now i think bryson can but we've seen it blow up yeah you know, we've we've seen it blow up a number of times. There's been a number of altercations with rules officials. I mean, it's just it's at the end of the day, it's ridiculous, right? I mean, just take the penalty and move on. Don't act like you're smarter than the rules right. are, you know, and just move on. And, and and I think it sets him back, you know, a little bit. And he looks like he is pouting sometimes out there from time to time, and he's not accepting that things happen. And I think that's a real question. And I think. Until he handles that, you know, you will have a bit of the spike. The spike. You'll have a, 
a 50th at the BMW, a miscut at the Northern Trust, a miscut at Memorial, right? right? But when things do line up and all systems go, I mean, he's, I mean, gosh, when you're hitting that far, you should dominate, right? right? I mean, you could have that attitude. So I think as good as his putting is, he does show some inconsistency at time with the flat stick. I do think he shows a little inconsistency around yeah, the short green and the touch. Great. But given that, I mean, the guy is incredible. I mean, like he bombs it off the tee. We know that. And he's pretty darn accurate. I do think there's some touch there. I think like around the greens, you can see it. And I even think in the approach game, Froggy, you look at his stroke scan approach through this stretch. There's a lot of tournaments where he lost a lot of strokes right. in the approach game. So I think there are some things that need to be tidied up in there. And, and of course, you know, he'll work on it and he'll come back with this and that. I thought the month off was a legitimate question. I said on my gambling show, I was like, look, are you comfortable with him taking a month off? Right. And I wasn't, I didn't play him. So, and I think he, I think he looked rusty. You know, I think he looked like, you know, it wasn't quite what it was, right. The, the, the driver was going more left and he just looked, he looked, he looked rusty. Yeah, to some me, golf you know? courses you but, can't overpower. You just, I mean, like, I don't know that Augusta is one of those that it's just about overpowering. There's a lot of short game. It, it's got to be so spot on there. You got to be below the hole where, where, where you're putting. It's just, there's so much more. It's much like TPC Sawgrass. And you, you know that from playing there and teaching there and everything else. Do you notice the guys that usually win at TPC Sawgrass win the players are not your guys that just overpower that golf course. It's usually guys who are, a little more strategic in how they play the game. Yeah, I I, I agree. It was, uh, you know, I mean, let's face it, it was a bit of a snoozer, right? The Masters, you know, it, it was, uh, I, I don't know, I was probably more intrigued with the U.S. Open. It was fun to see Augusta and all yeah. that, but there wasn't a lot happening. You know, I mean, it felt like the tournament was over after Dustin hit it on the green on 12, I thought. I agree. You know, agree. so but Let's anyway. get into your uh, event in Scottsdale, because last week I turned on my Instagram and boom. You're singing Darius Rucker songs on Instagram <laughs> from Hootie and the Blowfish. And, and I'm like, whoa, you're hosting an event, uh, the College Golf Showcase on Golf Channel. How'd, that, how'd this come about? Well, so PXG is is sponsoring this really cool event it's called College. Uh, it's called uh, College Showcase. And we had four of the top collegiate players there that are ranked by PGA Tour University, which is the new ranking for a senior um, that gives them special exemptions into whether the PGA Tour or the Corn Ferry Tour. So we had four of them out there, great young men from some top colleges, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, SMU, and Arizona. And then we had uh, four celebrities. Um, They were there, and they played a team game, and we had two veterans uh, that were there one amputee, uh, one that was a double amputee, and they played a team game against each other for uh, charity um, with the money being put up by Bob Parsons and PXG, and it was awesome. And I can't, you know, obviously give away too much, but it was just an awesome team format at Scottsdale National, and Scottsdale National is just off the chart, Froggy. I mean, this place is it's oh, just it, ridiculous. It looks pure nice on, it your, uh, on your Instagram, well, what I saw. But I saw you were with Jerome Bettis, uh, Brian Erlacher, and uh, Darius Rucker as well. So I got to spend a lot of time with the collegiate players and these and the celebrities. And one of them was Darius Rucker, who that podcast is out. You should, you should listen to it. He, he's, he's a great guy. Someone who loves yeah. golf, works with Matt Killen in Nashville, who teaches a lot of players on tour and it was awesome when we got out there we're warming up froggy and you know darius and 
you know, he's got his sticks, you know, in the ground and he's taking the club head above the stick and then he's bringing it back down under the stick. And I was like, man, I love you. I was like, this is, this is awesome. You know, and he's walking me through what he's working on with great detail and clarity. And, um, and, uh, it, it was a cool podcast because, you know, in talking to him, you can just see how much he loves the game, how much he plays the game. And, uh, and he's a good player. He's a single digit handicap and hit uh, a lot of good shots. But I got to tell you, the one that impressed me the most, Froggy, Bettis. oh my God. Yep. Like this guy has it all. And I told him, I was like, you are a good player. And he's like, ah, you know, I, you know, he, he's just, he's an A plus right. human being. Um, and this guy, his little power cut, his touch around the greens, like his touch. It was, it was, it was awesome. Like I, I was, I was thoroughly impressed, played this. They have this little nine hole course. It's called the bad little nine. It is the hardest par three course you will ever play. You will hit the hardest 90 yard shots you will ever face. I mean, it Sounds is like crazy. Fun. It's fun though. And um, there were three aces. Wow. I was like a, I was literally six inches from an ace. I hit one that should have went in, but uh, it was just a lot of fun. And um, just seeing, you know, obviously these collegiate players, very impressed with their skills and how they played. Um, but let me tell you something. These celebrities contributed too. Yeah, a lot of these guys can play, like you said, like, you know, Jerome Bettis is good. I know Darius is very good. Um, I watch all the time when they have the event out in Tahoe. Uh, every year the celebrities play, and these guys can play golf. No, there's no question. They can play golf. I, I always tell them, I, I have Jerome coming up this week on the podcast on Wednesday, and uh, we talked about a lot of things. I was like, first off, the Steelers are 10-0. Right. Notre Dame's 8-0. I mean – you're playing golf, you're striping it. Like life's good. Like, you, you know, so we talked, we talked all things golf and football. I can't wait to share that on Wednesday. And then I talked with Brian Urlacher as well. Who's just a great guy. You know, he played, he hit a lot of good shots uh, as well. And the thing with Urlacher is a big dude, right? I mean, <laughs> an inside linebacker, right. hall of famer. And we're playing, we did a little getaway nine. I played with Brian and Jerome and He's off the left side on nine, par three, and this grass is tight, Froggy. I mean, it's it's firm and tight. It's not – there's no cush, right. right? And he's over there uphill. I mean, it's a tough shot, green sloping away. And he just takes this lob wedge and just slips the, the bounce past the handle and flops it up perfect, little check up there to like six feet, and he walks up, and he's looking at me, and he's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, like, that was a great shot, you know? And maybe I shouldn't be in like acting so surprised, but I was like thoroughly impressed on just how good these little finesse shots, these big men were hitting like Bettis, Urlock are are big, incredible little touch finesse shots off tight lies. And I was just like, dang, you know, Urlock is playing like a four. These these guys can play. I've played, uh, played golf with, I don't know if you played with Dan Reno or Jason Taylor, who are both, you know, Dolphin Hall of Famers. Both of those guys, Dan Reno's got some game and Jason Taylor hits it a mile and he's got touch around the greens. It really is unbelievable. I've played with, uh, speaking of country singers, I played with Luke Bryan. And another one, Luke's got mm. game. These these guys can play. 
Uh, Cole Swindell, another country singer, goes nowhere without his golf clubs. Nowhere. If he travels anywhere on the bus, he's got his golf clubs. And if there's a golf course, he's going to it. Yeah. So I, so Lucas, he's like a single Luke, digit, Lucas, right? very good. Yeah. We played at Sawgrass. Yeah. We only got the back nine in because it started raining. We knew rain was coming. And, of course, he wanted to play 17. So we only got the back nine in, and he was two over. Yeah. He was very good. So the other celebrity was Rob Riggle, right? He's a hilarious guy, by the way. Hilarious. Um, former veteran himself was in the yes. military. And, man, it was awesome to walk the fairways with him. And let me just put it this way. Riggle shows up in this event. He's a single digit as well. And he contributes. The bus contributes. Erlocker contributes. Darius contributes. And you know these four sticks can contribute as well and you know riggles like i was giving him a lesson i don't know if they'll show this but i was giving him a lesson up the fairway and i'm like man i don't i don't i don't think you should do that right now i don't think you should do this right now you know like like we're right in the of this thing. and um so you know, no he's like no no give it to me so anyway we we were like talking instruction and lessons and this and that Right in the midst of the of the college showcase event, the kids were um, were fantastic. One of the kids that's going to play, Austin Eckroat's his name, and uh, I believe he's ranked fourth in PGA Tour University right now. He uh, plays for Oklahoma State. He will be in next week's event in Mayakoba. He's playing in that. Let me tell you something. These kids, I mean, they they hit some shots. They they all hit it off the tee. About they were all about three oh five to three ten. Uh Garrett Reband from Oklahoma hits it pretty when he cranked on it, he could probably get it another ten past that to twelve. He hit a couple that were just like, Oh my goodness, right? I mean, like he carried right. that bunker. Like, really? Like he just carried so um, but they all, you know, they're all long. But you're seeing, but you, but you'll see like the complete package too. You know, good, good iron play, um, some hold putts. Like you can just tell, like playing with them and hanging with them, um, these guys can go. I mean, they are legit players. Don't miss many shots. When they do, it's right there. They can get it up and down. And like I said, there were hole in ones falling all over the place in this little par three competition. Um, so it's cool. They tie that in uh, to the event. And then they go out and they play this team event. And what was really cool about it, I've never seen this before. So there's there's two celebrities and there's two um, of the collegiate players on each team. So you have four. And then you have one um, veteran on each team as well. And But as they play the scramble, they have to take one of the shots from the celebrities. Oh, wow. So every hole, you had to count a celebrity shot. And let me tell you something. It is intriguing how it all plays out. It really is. It was a great little twist that they put in, and it really made it interesting as you went along because you just couldn't, you know, you just couldn't ride the the, the birdie machines that these collegiate kids right. can be, right? So, so it really put a nice twist into it, and, you know, it made the celebrities – participate so i can't wait for people when to is see it when it. we watch it yeah it'll be on golf channel primetime 7 p.m eastern and uh on december 16th so de- december 16th 7 p.m eastern it's the wednesday 
And then we got the PNC father son Froggy, which uh, Tiger and Charlie are gonna play. I'm cool so jacked to watch that. I mean, literally, whoever thought I'd be jacked <laughs> to watch an 11 year old kid play golf? But you've seen the same things I've seen: the Instagram posts on the range. Yeah. Charlie's swing looks better than Tiger's. It'll be interesting to see. I'm just interested because I think he is. His swing looks like Tiger's used to look back in the day, and uh, yeah. it is really going to be fun to watch. I'm excited. Plus, there's you know, listen, there's a lot of other good players. I know that Tiger and Charlie are getting all the spotlight, but Justin Thomas and his dad are playing. I know Big John and Little John Daly are playing. Um, Furyk and his son are playing. So there really is a pretty good field. There'll be a lot of good golf to be seen there. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun, and um, I'll uh, in the meantime. Have a good Thanksgiving, and I'll be over soon to. Uh, yeah, you got to do check. that. That's something actually I want to ask you as an instructor. Let's say that. Let's say that okay. there that there are four faucets to the game. You got off the tee, your iron game on approach, your short game, and your putting. As an instructor, where do you think most amateurs should spend their time? Of the four, what's the most important going down to the least? I mean, you know, as an amateur, I, I think it. I mean, in the in the pro game, because they're so good at all of it, like you can filter it down. We know the approach game is the most important statistic, right? And then from there, it can vary a little bit from putting, tee ball, right? And then I would say around the green is number four on right. tour, which is weird to say. And I tell that to people from a strokes gain standpoint. When I'm breaking tournaments down and I'm seeing trends and relative like strokes and short games at the bottom. But now what about an average um, let's say an average you know, and, and you know, an average weekend guy that goes out, I think around the green is where he's losing. If you're not losing balls off the tee and your approach game's not hitting balls out of bounds and you're just, you know, missing the green short or missing it right or left, it seems like that around the green chips and pitch shots is so, so important and yet very rarely yeah. practiced. Everybody goes to the range and hits balls or they might putt. They rarely practice short game. I agree. I, I think around the greens is moved up for amateurs for sure. And I would probably say around the greens with the driver. Those are the two. You know, if I can, if I can take the average player and make and, and teach them low, medium, and high around the greens and make them very efficient there where they're getting the ball up and down more, and then I can add another 10 yards on their driver and layer in some more accuracy. Like, I think that's a yep. good one, two punch I agree right there. Around the greens are so many strokes lost. And then if you can be a little, you think about it, if you add 10 yards with your driver, that's a shorter club in your hand going into the green. I just had a guy and I'll, I'll finish the pod with this is that the guy I teach here in Jacksonville, we've been working on his game, his swing, and we've gotten a good spot. He's definitely like 10 to 15 longer off the tee. His pass better, his misses are better. Um, so, you know, he's not losing balls, right, off the tee. So, like, that's yeah. big. But then as we get into the plan, he kind of opens up to me. He goes, I have, uh, you know, I have a real problem chipping the ball. And he's got the yips. And and he's got, I mean, not. I wouldn't say the, the full-blown yips, but you can see that it's. Why are you talking about maybe. me now? <laughs> no, no. And so we go over there and he shows me and he was, you know, like, it's like in some ways when people are working on their game, it's like therapy, right? Like you have to, like you have to admit your right. problems because if you don't admit it, then it right. can't be helped. So, 
sometimes with students, like you can see they're almost, I don't want to say embarrassed, but like they're just not as open as they should be about what their true opportunities are, right? And their true weaknesses are. So we go over there and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's struggling. So we spent a lot of time. I mean, I, I changed everything froggy. I mean, I changed his entire setup. I changed his entire mentality of how he's going to hit it. And it gets a little better. It gets a little better. And he sends me a text late last night. And it's just this long written text thanking me on how he didn't really want to go there, you know, and work on it because he didn't know if it right. could be fixed. And I know how I feel. And so, and he, and he just opened up, man, I hit some beautiful chips. I got the ball up and down. I shot, I think he shot a number of rounds in the low eighties and like just this really nice long text. And you could just hear the passion for the game and like his motive. And it oh, makes it feel sure. good, right? Like that's like, that's where you're like, man, this is what it's all about. It's just to help people kind of get things back in order and really turn that weakness into strength. And I, I don't think he's alone. And when it comes to these little finesse no, shots around the green, and particularly in Florida, <laughs> they're tough shots, you know, and that's why I'm so impressed when I see a Brian Urlacher and I see a Jerome Bettis hit these yeah. little finesse shots. Like, I'm like, that's not an easy shot. Like you just made that look really, really easy. And then I, like, yeah, you know, but I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like that's not an easy shot. And that's one of the reasons why you are a right. three or four handicap in playing to the level that you are. So it's good stuff. It's cool to see it come full circle. It was a great week. It'll be yeah. coming out soon. I mean, um, everyone people don't understand that if you if your short game becomes good your approach game is going to get better because you're going to be more confident you're not going to say well i gotta hit this green because if i don't i'm going to make bogey and it's, it's just like if you can make every putt from four feet that first putt from 12 feet is not so hard a 20 foot putt's not so hard if you can make it from four feet everywhere you go that 12 footer is a lot easier 20 footer is a lot easier because if you put it inside four feet you're going to roll it in it's just the better you get around the greens, the easier the game gets going back the other way towards the tee box. Yep, I agree. I totally agree. Froggy, thank you so much. I'm glad you you're it. doing well. Thank you for having um, me again. I appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving. I've got some time off coming up, so I'll um I'll Bring swing your putter over there, so. and uh, your wedge and be prepared to laugh because when you see me chip, you're gonna go, "What the hell is what was that?" 